The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. In the meantime, we will return to present day concerns uh, because a nervous day for families around the country uh, today, I'm sure, as CAO offers uh, rolled into households. There has been criticism uh, this year, the continued use of grade inflation in the leaving cert. It has kept points high for many courses. And one of those who has been critical is Paul O'Duckertig. He is Deputy President and Registrar of the University of Galway. He was previously Chair of the CAO. Paul, thank you very much for speaking to me. I know you've been writing about this uh, today, the continued application of grade inflation in the Irish Times. Uh, can you talk me through your misgivings? Sure, Kieran. And before I do, let me just congratulate all those who have been made very happy this afternoon by the offers that they've got from the CAO and also encourage those who are maybe not quite as happy not to give up. And there may be opportunities in round two and there may be other pathways in life. We never know where the turns are going to be. I think the key principle that I'm trying to promote, and and people have different views on this, is one around fairness to all applicants. I think the inflated grades create a number of unfairnesses. They're unfair to people who are doing qualifications other than the Leaving Cert because the grades aren't then comparable. That includes uh, international baccalaureate pupils, some of whom are in this country, some of whom are elsewhere. It includes A-level pupils and so on. But it's also unfair to some of the Leaving Cert students. Look, the majority of Leaving Cert students, if the, if the points in the Leaving Cert go up, then the points required for the courses go up. But what you get as a result is a bunching at the top end with some youngsters even getting the maximum possible points, 625 points, and still not getting into their course because of random selection. And my other concern is at the other end, that some people are getting more points than they might have got pre-2019 because the points have been artificially inflated, and they then have expectations around going to university and may well struggle and may well actually end up spending a year or two of their lives before figuring that this is the wrong pathway, that this isn't actually going to lead to a degree, and they'd have been better doing something else in the first place. So I think those are my primary concerns around inflated grades. It's around fairness to our young people. The the, the, the continued application, though, of those inflated grades, fairness is what's cited for that as well. It is the rationale, isn't it, that it would be unfair you know, on, on this year's crop of students, were you to abandon grade inflation because students from last year's Leaving Cert or the year before will have much higher grades? Yes, and that is a genuine concern, and I wouldn't dispute that for one second. So what we've got to do is look at ways in which we address this because we can't keep the grades inflated permanently and continue with those inequalities, which, by the way, may also then, when if other countries cop on to our inflated grades, end up devaluing the Leaving Cert internationally for our youngsters who want, for example, to go north or go across the water or go to Europe, to mainland Europe to study. So I think we've got to find a way back from this. It doesn't have to happen all at once. If it did, I suggested this morning that one possibility might be that we then look and see, well, what typically was the percentage of places in a given year that were offered to previous year's leaving certs before COVID and perhaps reserve places for the previous year's uh, cohorts um, next year, for example, if we brought the grades back down to normal so that we're not having undue unfairness from the previous years on that current year if it was brought down. Another way would be to do it over a period of two or three years so that the impact is small each year. But I think one way or another, we do have to get back down to normal. And the sooner the better from our perspective. So, I think that, yeah. 
I just, I just want to kind of for, for people at home who are trying to uh, follow the, the 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 suggested solution. Let's give an example. If you look at engineering, I'm plucking these figures out of thin air, but let's say you look at engineering, yeah. and if it turns out ten percent of the kids who start civil engineering on a given year in UCD have actually done the leaving cert on a pre, they haven't done it that year. They've done it in the previous year. Then next year you say, right, let's hive off ten percent of the places, and that that those that ten percent are available for. Uh, uh, older students or students who sat previously, the remaining 90% is who everyone who sits the Leaving Cert this year now competes for. That's essentially what I'm suggesting as one possible solution. And and we'd have to look, obviously we'd need to take legal advice and there might be all sorts of complications around that. But I genuinely believe that do nothing is no solution. There is a genuine unfairness, especially at the top of the scale. You know, I've, I've talked about the, un, the, the expectations that are raised at the bottom of the scale. But at the top of the scale, like we had only 200 pupils in the entire country get to uh, 625 points pre-COVID. Last year, it was 1,100. So 900 of those potentially are people who got that because of the inflated grades. And then random selection kicks in and someone whose grades were inflated potentially gets a place in the top-notch course over someone who would genuinely have got 625 anyway mm. if the points were properly differentiated. You can see how that can provoke intense unfairness. Now, we will never know whether in fact someone got the grades because they were inflated or whether they would have genuinely got them pre-COVID because there is no alternative reality, if you like. But nevertheless, that is the scenario that we're in now, that people are getting points at the absolute top. You cannot get any more than 625 and it's still not good enough for your course. Yeah. That's, I think, a, a level of missing differentiation between ability of students mm. that really is not sustainable long term. Yeah, that, that's the one qualification, uh, isn't it, that comes with the the argument that kind of great inflation has applied equally across the board. It hasn't, because if you've got the maximum amount of points, you can't go anywhere. Yeah, so I did see an article somewhere online that suggested that actually the further down you were, the, the slightly greater the inflation is, because if you're already up near the top, then they couldn't apply uh, the same level of inflation because it would have bust through the ceiling and and there is a maximum on the number of points you can get. So yes, it isn't applied evenly across the board. And I think that's an, another issue with great inflation in the first place. And then the, the issue of kind of maybe students of uh, um, ending up in courses that they're not necessarily capable of, I assume that that only applies to those maximum point courses, does it? Because once you once you go down the point scale, then yes, students uh, uh, might get a bump in grades, but because of the relationship between grades and college points, once the number of places in college stays static, you'll still have the same amount of suitable and unsuitable students on either side of the line. Well, except that the number of places in the universities hasn't stayed static, because one of the reactions in 2020 to the inflation of the grades was to ask the universities to create a lot of extra university places. And we did so. At the end of the day, it's national policy. It's not for us to subvert national policy. Um, but but the fact that then some students, I'm, I'm concerned really at the lower end of the points. So some students who in pre-COVID times might have been getting 250, 280, 300, they're now getting, I don't know what the inflation brings them to. It could be 350, it could be more. And in, in pre-COVID times, those students might have been looking at it and saying, actually, you know what, maybe university isn't the right thing. Maybe I should do something else first and maybe university will come after that. And now they're thinking they've got the points. We've created the extra places. Government asked us to create the extra places. 
And some of those students who are getting middling results, even mm. with the grades inflated, are then struggling when they come to university. And it's not about simply learning the stuff the way it was in school. It's actually about reflecting critically. And as I said earlier, that's that's whether it's engineering or whether it's literature or whether it's anything in between. You have to reflect yes. critically and be creative and so on. And for some of those students, it's just a step too far. But they spend another year or two possibly of their lives figuring out that it's a step too far. Whereas before, the genuine leaving cert points would have told them, maybe that's not for me or not at this stage. Yeah, that's a harder not to unpick isn't it, is. it? I mean, yeah. you know, oh, you yeah. can you can see the logic in what you're saying about, you know, phasing out the grade inflation and, 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 and making allowances for students who sat previous years for the government or a minister for education to turn down or turn around and say, listen, we're going to axe X amount of seats on that course because too many unsuitable students are getting in. I mean, that, that's, so that's, that's, that, that is politically problematic. Politically, that's a challenge. But I, you know, what I'm what I've suggested earlier is that we need a genuine discourse in this country about what are the appropriate proportions of destinations for our young people. You know, Minister Harris has rightly, for example, talked about um, apprenticeships, talked about um, alternative routes, some of them into higher education, some of them into other paths in life. We look at some of the countries in the world that have among the most successful economies and the most successful societies. I'm thinking Germany and Australia. They send far fewer of their young people to university. Now, I'm not saying that we should go down to the levels they're at. I think in Germany, it's only about 30%. We have the third highest rate in the world at 63%. But what I think we do need to do is have some research done, have some genuine public discourse around where we should be with our third level system and with all the other options that should be out there for school leavers. I think it has become so narrowly focused on its university or its university or its university that I think we possibly are doing a disservice to some of our youngsters. Mm. And don't get me wrong, I absolutely am passionate about universities and passionate about education. I myself was the first in my family ever to get near a university when I went to university. And I'm delighted with that. And that ambition is there. And absolutely, it should be there. But it should be there if the youngsters themselves want it and if it is right for them. And I don't think we've genuinely had a national strategic discourse mm. around what we should be doing in terms of the pathways for youngsters when they leave school. Uh, is, that, is, that, is that necessarily fair? Far be it for me to uh, adopt the position of defending government. But is that fair on Simon Harris? I think it were he here, Minister for Higher Education, he might say, listen, I've been trying to initiate a discourse uh, mm. over the last couple of years. I've, I've talked an awful lot about apprenticeships. Yeah, I, I'm not going to. I'm not criticising Minister Harris at all for that. I think he, and I said it in my article this morning, he has rightly talked about the possibilities around apprenticeships and alternative pathways. I think we need to take that discourse further because it doesn't seem to be seeping through, for example, into the, the Leaving Cert results and the genuine approach to that, where it seems to be, let's have the highest points we possibly mm. can, whether they're actually earned or not. That's what I mean yeah. by making it a I guess what, what you're, and sorry to go, but what you're talking about there is probably a change of culture. And as, as ships go, the ship of culture is the slowest to turn, isn't it? Well, they do say that, yes, indeed. But look, I, I, it's... At the end of the day, this is about our young people, and this is about giving them hope for the future. It's about giving them a sense of fairness for the future. And it's also about trying to have a system in place nationally that transcends any one department that actually just tries to do justice to all of them as far as we possibly can. Paul O'Doherty is the Deputy President and Registrar at the University of Galway. Paul, a pleasure. Thanks a million for joining us. Thanks a million, Kieran. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.